passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. football podcast presented by the believe podcast network i'm your host tony liebert and you can follow me on twitter at tony liebert and instagram at tony underscore liebert that is t-o-n-y-l-i-e-b-e-r-t for today's episode i will be recapping the gophers pro day event last week and I will be previewing some some early spring practice storylines with spring practice officially getting underway next week. And the spring game is only 40 days away on April 30th. Alright, the Gophers hosted their annual Pro Day event. Um, last Wednesday, and there was 13 players who participated. Um, it was the the three players that were invited to the combine: Daniel Falele, Boye Mafe, and Asesi Otomiwo. And then there was um, 10 other players that participated in the pro day: Kokeeft, Coney Durr, Jack Gibbons, uh, Sam Schluter. Niles Pinckney, Justice Harris, Bishop McDonald, and Philip Howard. Um, some of my instant takeaways from the inv- from the event, uh, I thought uh, Kokeeft really impressed me with all of his testing numbers. Uh, on the last episode, I talked about how important testing at your combine and your pro day is to get drafted, and it's not significant obviously but for someone like Kokeeft that plays a unique position he's a blocking tight end or a fullback he's not much more than that his testing matters a lot because that's how he stands out for an elite prospect that already has great game film like if your testing's in line with what it should be then it's not going to affect your draft stock too much it's when it's when it's better than people expect or when it's worse than people expect is when it affects your draft stock. Um, but I thought Kokeefe did very well. He weighed in at 6'4", 259. Um, he had a 32-inch vertical. He did 21 reps on the bench press at 225 pounds. He had a 9-foot, 3-inch broad jump. And uh, based on my hand time, because they did not have official times at the pro day, he ran a four eight five forty which 
give or take a few tenths of a second, obviously. But if it if it was that, that's terrific. Um, I was still a bit shocked that he didn't get invited to the combine because there are still a handful of teams that um love using blocking tight ends. Uh, like the Patriots through the years have had uh great blocking tight ends. Uh, the Ravens, their system, um. And a lot of teams use their number two tight end as, like, a predominant blocker. So, like, at the end of the year, I thought he had a chance to get drafted, personally. Because um, based on everything I saw on Twitter, I feel like he was getting a lot of recognition as the top blocking tight end in the in college football. Um, so, I don't know if he will get drafted. Uh, he's certainly nothing more than a day three pick, unfortunately. Um, but if I had to guess based on this, uh, pro day, I would kind of be shocked if he did not at least get invited to a rookie minicamp because those are terrific numbers for someone his size and a tight end. Um, so I think he definitely made himself some money to say the least. Um, as for a few other takeaways, um, Falele and Mafe, uh, they both continue to, uh, have great testing numbers. Uh, Falele weighed in at 390. I believe that's a little uh, heavier than what he was at the Combine, and he had a 29.5-inch vertical, which is just downright ridiculous. Um, and then Boye Mafe had 41.5 inches, which is uh, just as insane as for a 260-pound defense alignment. I still think that Boye Mafe has a better chance of being a first-round pick than Falele. There's still an outside shot that Falele sneaks into the back end of the first round. Um, but he, he's probably going to go in that 30 to uh, 55 range. And then Mafe, I think his, his range is more 20 to 40. Um, but it should be interesting. The draft is coming up uh, end of April. Um, but a few other guys that impressed me were uh, Coney Durr and Jack Gibbons. Um, I thought they both uh, did enough to also have an outside shot of getting on a rookie mini camp uh, or a training camp roster. Um, so, like, as for, like, all the prospects, uh, Falele and Mafe are, at worst, a day two pick. Oh, day one potential. Um, Asezi Odomiwo is likely a day three pick uh, and possible undrafted. Keefe is undrafted, signed to a roster. And then Coney Durr and Jack Gibbons. I don't I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they got um, signed to a roster, but I, I, they both have an outside shot. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, uh, Coney Durr had a 35-inch vertical and roughly a 4-5-40, which are terrific numbers for a corner. And Jack Evans was 34 inches and a 4-7-40, which are great numbers for a linebacker. So based on how well they played last year and throughout their career, I think both of them uh, certainly didn't hurt their draft stock based on their performance at the Pro Day. And as for the other guys, um, unfortunately, a few of them had a few good uh, testing um, 
testing numbers. Micah Du Treadway, Sam Schluter, Niles Pinckney, Justice Harris, Bishop McDonald, and Phil Powered. Um, I trust me, I, I'll, I'll be rooting for them to land on a roster after the draft, but uh, I do not see any of them hearing their name called. Um, and then the other big takeaway from the event was Asesi Otomiwo uh, is still injured, recovering from a late season injury. Um, and they said that he will have a separate pro day on April 4th, which will be big because he missed the combine and now the Gophers pro day. Um, a few other things I noticed while at the event, uh, it was great to see a lot of current uh, players on the Gophers team were in attendance. Um, I'd never been to a pro day before. I would honestly assume that's probably pretty normal, but uh, it's certainly not a bad thing to see a lot of uh, teammates there that uh, saw Tanner Morgan, Mo, Mo Ibrahim, uh, Justin Wally, uh, all, all the big names, which is uh, good to see that they at least have that uh, culture building. And everyone was there before uh, spring practice starts next week. So certainly not a bad sign. I, I wouldn't uh, guess that that is too much out of the ordinary, but it was still good to see that. Um, and then... Another thing I noticed was uh, Jackson Howard's father, um, 2023 recruit, uh, top player in Minnesota, his father um, was in, in attendance at the event. Um, and he is related to Philip Howard. I believe they are uh, cousins, so he's his nephew, maybe. Um, but So that's why he was there, obviously. But uh, I he was talking to a lot of the coaches, which is obviously great to see um and it can't hurt for jackson howard's recruitment uh that would be huge if the gophers are able to land him that would be a uh not a culture defining sign but a uh recruiting he, he would be the gem of a recruiting class he'd likely be the uh highest rated recruit that pj fleck has signed um, so yeah, that was that would be huge. So uh, that was certainly good to see. All right, as for some off-season storylines heading into the spring, um, I'll kind of just go through some stuff that I'll be watching, um, at practices and uh, the spring game and what I'm looking for to see who stands out and what happens. Um, obviously the biggest one is uh, the Tanner Morgan conundrum, for lack of a better uh, word. Um, I would be shocked if uh, anyone obviously beats him out in camp and starts a game early in the year. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if someone starts a game late in the year, but uh, it's make or break for him, obviously. Uh, talked about this a lot. During the season last year, and I'll talk about it a lot heading into the season this year. Um, he's got everything around him. He's got all his receivers returning from last year. Uh, he has a almost an entirely new offensive line, but a very uh, talented offensive line. So it, it's, but he's got a new offensive coordinator this year. So that's the biggest thing, and uh, he will take this team as far as they want to go. Uh, He's he's what what'll take this team over the hump. Um, 
few other uh, big things that I'm watching out for is obviously Mo Mo Ibrahim returns to the running back room and how many carries will he get off of his Achilles injury? How will the room the uh, position group as a whole look with him? Bucky Irving after a big year last year. Trey Potts returning from injury. Um, there's some rumors that they're going to use Bucky a lot as almost like a, a flex player, like as a wide receiver running back hybrid, like a Debo Samuel almost. Um, Trey Potts, is he going to be involved early? How much is he going to be involved? How many carries for Mo? So uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see how that plays out heading into the year. Um, and then as for the rest of the offense, uh, like I said, there's four new offensive line starters. Uh, John Michael Schmitz is the one returning. Um, he has serious, I believe, All-American potential. Next year, he might be one of the best centers in college football. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how good he does. And there's obviously Quinn Carroll um, and Chuck Filiaga uh, transferring in. Um, two big pieces of this offensive line that'll determine how good they are. And then you got Ariante Ursay likely sliding into one of the tackle spots, if I had to guess left tackle based on his athleticism. And then uh, you got Carter Shaw, Axel Rushmeyer, and uh, J.J. Gadet fighting for that last interior spot. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, and then obviously you got the entire wide receiver room returning. Um, top four receivers from last year all coming back. Chris Oppenbell, uh Dalen Wright, Daniel Jackson, Mike Brown-Stevens. Um, Got to watch if another option uh, emerges, maybe a Lamecki brockington um, and that, uh, But obviously a lot of weapons for Tanner Morgan. Hopefully they can take that next step and become an elite group now that they have so much experience with, with the quarterback. And hopefully a new offensive system helps improve that. Um, as for the tight ends... Uh, Cole Keefe was obviously one of the bigger losses to this team. He was a big part of the team last year. And I think Nick Callerup has a chance to be a Cole Keefe type of player. I don't know if he's as dominant as a run blocker. But he is uh, that type of player. He is a, a run-dominant uh, tight end. And he's a great blocker for his position. I don't. Cole Keefe was elite run blocker for his position. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how he replaces him next year. And then as for the defensive side of the ball, um, the revamped defensive line, new defensive line coach, Brick Haley, uh, three transfers, Darnell Jeffries, uh, Chris Smith, and Lorenzo Sergers. How are they going to fit in? Um, and then I, the one of the more interesting storylines, I think, of this team is Jod Joyner, on the edge and Trill Carter on the inside. I, those are two players that have the potential to have a Boye Mafe type of breakout. They, they're they both that skilled. If they have big years this year and then great testing in the combine and stuff like Boye, they, they have first-round pick potential. I'm not saying they either will, but they are uh, talented enough of players to work them, their ways up there and in that discussion. Um, so it'll be interesting with Thomas Rush coming back, how the whole defensive line plays out with a new coach uh, at the position. Um, as for the secondary, 
Uh, Justin Wally, uh, he had a terrific freshman year. Everyone knows that. He really showed his potential. Um, it's kind of his All-American campaign. Uh, I think him and John Michael Schmitz probably are have the two best chances on this team to be elite, elite college football players. And uh, Justin Wally is obviously only a true sophomore, but he's just like John Joyner and Trill Carter. He has the potential to be a first-round pick level talent. So it'll be very interesting to see um, how he develops heading into his second year as a full-time starter. Um, and then there's two new cornerbacks they got in the transfer portal, uh, Abilene Christian transfer Ryan Stapp and Western Kentucky transfer Beanie Bishop. How are those two guys going to fit in? And then there's a lot of young pieces behind them with Steven Ortiz and, and everyone else. And uh, the cornerback room will be interesting. Um, as for the linebacking group, obviously lost Jack Gibbons, to, who competed in the pro day. Um, but Mariana Sorimarin returns what seems like his 300th year as a starter for this team. Um, and he he's going to be the defensive leader of this team pretty clearly. Uh, last year there was Coney Durr, Boye Mafe, um, Mike Adu, Treadway. There was a lot of veteran guys on the defense. And there are a lot of veteran guys this year. Um, but I think it's pretty clearly Sorimarin's defense to lead. So he's going to need to have a big year. Um, I have full confidence that he will. He's very, uh, he was very solid last year after a, a shaky uh, 2020, to say the least. Um, but uh, he'll be great in the linebacking room. And then uh, one of the biggest question marks is who's going to be the number two linebacker. Um, I think it's a pretty uh, fair three-man race with Braylon Oliver uh, Cody Lindenberg and Donald Willis. Um, I personally would put my money on Braylon Oliver with Cody Lindenberg as a close second. Um, but all three of those guys are going to be fighting for that second linebacker spot, which will be very interesting to watch in the offseason. One of the more interesting uh, positional battles. Um, Probably, if I had to say on the team, uh, that second interior offensive, second guard spot on the offensive line, um, and the second linebacker spot are probably the two biggest uh, question marks. Because uh, like all the receivers are returning, tight ends pretty pretty clear cut, defensive line the rotation at least pretty clear cut, um, running back room clear cut and Tanner Morgan clear cut and the safeties I think are pretty clear cut too. Um, but so those two uh, position positional battles will be interesting to watch in the off season. Um, and then, like I said, as for the safety room, you got Jordan Howden, Tyler Newbin, and uh, Terrell Smith all coming back. Um, I think uh, any of those guys, if they stand out and uh, take the next step, could be what really takes this uh, defense to the next level this year, I think. Um, they're they're all very solid, solid football players. And they, they had flash plays last year. Um, but if one of them stands out and takes the next step to be like an all-Big Ten player, um, it could it could really boost this defense. Um, and then as for the last one, you got special teams. Uh, after a lot of years of question marks, got Matthew Trickett and Mark Crawford returning. Trickett struggled in the second half of the year, but it's always good to have a kicker coming back. 
but yeah, I, I'm super excited for the spring. Can't believe the spring game's already only 40 days away. Um, football season's creeping up. Not really. It's March. It's still college basketball, but it, it'll it'll come sooner than you think. And uh, I think that's all I got for today. As always, I appreciate you listening. Row the boat, Skyuma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.